everybody, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've been enjoying this series, Exercising Our Faith, A Journey Through the Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, today joining me is John Mark Gletto. He uh, joined me uh, throughout this series, and he is joining me again as we talk about guidance. So John Mark, thanks for being back on the show. Good morning. It's very good to be with you. All right. So when we talk, so when I say guidance or even the word guidance, what do you think of and how does that relate to a Christian's life? Um, guidance. I immediately think of Psalm 23 and the position of Jesus uh, as our shepherd. Um, I think about um, him being not only Savior, but also Lord, and what that means for each one of us individually and what that should mean for us corporately. Um, so I also think about wisdom because knowledge is in, information, informative, but wisdom is directive. And that's one of the aspects of the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of wisdom. So those things run through my mind. Yeah, and, and, and you bring up a good point about the difference between um, – wisdom and oh shoot did you say information <laughs> uh he's, yeah. the, he's the spirit of wisdom understanding of okay, knowledge yeah. knowledge spirit. okay yeah that's yes. the word i was looking for knowledge and wisdom because i mean you can have all the knowledge in mm-hmm. the world right but if you don't have the wisdom then it doesn't matter and actually i just got um and for those of you who may be listening to this, the last podcast we were listening to with uh, Josh Jameson over at Heart, uh, he talked about um, agriculture and how sometimes, you know, to really help people in third world countries to be able to grow food, to have water, sometimes it's good to understand their wisdom from their perspective, from the culture that they live in. And sometimes that's true wisdom because you, and even said, you know, you could have, I could have all the information, I can have all the knowledge, but really... Mm-hmm. If I just come in there saying this is what you need to do and I'm not listening to other people and their mm. predicament, then I, I, I lack wisdom. Right. And I think, you know, when it comes from a spiritual perspective of wisdom, you know, I think about uh, the opening chapter of Proverbs, you know, that wisdom, that the beginning of understanding or beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Yes. So talking about fear of the Lord, why don't you explain to us kind of your view of what the fear of the Lord is? Um, I think about um, Jesus rebuking the uh, the Pharisees when he said that you've taken away the key to knowledge, and I I, I believe that when he when he said that that he was thinking about um, Isaiah thirty three six, which says that he will be the sure foundation for your times, uh, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So the fear of the Lord. Um, it is fear, um, but it's not all, it's not a slavish kind of fear. It's reverence is another word that we use, but it's sometimes reverence is a little bit weak. Um, so the fear of the Lord is, is it's, it's something that's produced by having a closer relationship with him and knowing him that he is, like I said before, he's, he's savior, but he's also Lord and, that's where the fear of the Lord comes in of being in submission to him. You have to use that word too, which isn't popular at all nowadays. <laughs> so um, submitting to him as our shepherd, submitting to him as um, I think about the, from Ephesians one, I believe it is that it says that he is head over all things to the church. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's through the fear of the Lord that you 
can have that right relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I think when it comes to that concept of guidance, there is that idea of submission to the good shepherd, submission to Jesus, submission to God and his word, because Mm -hmm. I believe, and maybe my understanding is if I'm submitting myself to the Lord, if I'm submitting myself to Jesus, if I'm taking up my cross and following Mm -hmm. him, then that is when the Holy Spirit begins to guide me. He Mm -hmm. then becomes Paracletus, he becomes the advocate that walks mm-hmm. along beside me, that mm-hmm. is leading me uh, mm-hmm. to do the will of the Father, just like Jesus did the will of the Father, and especially very typical in John's text was, you know, I do nothing unless my Father commands me to do. And right. even though he says the Father and I are one, but mm-hmm. he's also was submitting himself to the Father to be guided by the Father through his spirit. That's right. And I think when it comes to a Christian's lifestyle, both as an individual and even as a corporate setting, mm-hmm. it's about people submitting themselves to the Lord so that they can be guided in spirit. And, you know, I kind of think about, you know, I always think about when Paul talks about the church being the body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I think about, okay, well, you know, the body always moves. And I feel like sometimes if I want to move, if I want every part of my body to work correctly and move in a certain direction, mm-hmm. usually from a biological, my brain is basically telling my legs and my arms and my thought process that I need to go this way. Or mm-hmm. if I'm hungry, I need to get up out of my chair, walk upstairs, grab a snack, put it in my mouth, and then mm-hmm. that is going to satisfy that hunger. So mm-hmm. it's like a well-oiled machine. So especially when I think about how the church corporately can be a well-oiled machine or be the church that God has designed, that it's basically men and women and children that are being obedient to the Lord who are mm-hmm. submitting themselves to him and being guided by his spirit. And that's um, the biblical way to unity. You yes. Know, where the prophet says that we should have singleness of heart and action. So if, if you're being led by the same spirit that I'm being led by, if Jesus is the head of us both, then we're going to be moving in tandem in the body. We'll be functioning the way that we should be as opposed to you're listening to Scott and I'm listening to John Mark and we go off in two different, <laughs> two different ways, mm-hmm. which, you know, sadly is what we frequently find, yeah. you know, so we each need that, that daily relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think, and even with you saying that, I think back to the opening letter of first uh, Corinthians where, you know, some people were, you know, Paul's addressing the issue. Some people say they're a follower of Apollos, of me, of Peter, of of all these people. It's like, well, no, it's it's one, it's Jesus. You got to follow right. Jesus. I know I'm paraphrasing here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so for yeah. me, it's, it's so, I mean, and I guess the big question, and I think kind of when we look mostly in a corporate setting within like a church setting, when it comes to guidance, usually mm-hmm. the first thing is, is people need to be submitted to Christ. Right. That's the first and foremost, you know, to the triune God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second thing is, you know, we, we see later in scriptures, you know, that there are some who are, you know, who are your elders, who are your teachers, who are your mm-hmm. shepherds, um, and, I, and evangelists or whatever word that's used. And I think even those, like those who are kind of 
over you. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if they, again, are being led by the spirit and if mm-hmm. they're the ones who are proclaiming, hey, this is the way we need to go, then I think in some way it's almost like the rest of the body to listen to that. And I mean, I guess an example is, is you know, when we look at the book of Exodus, who led the Israelites out of, the, out of slavery and into freedom? Well, it was the Lord. Mm-hmm. But yet, who was the person, who was the human figure who was leading them out? Well, then that would have been Moses. And then if you want to count Aaron and Miriam in that too, you can. But really, Moses was the one who basically God used or appointed to lead people out, to give them guidance, to mm-hmm. be free from slavery in Egypt, to go to where God had promised them to live, which would have been in the promised land or the land of the Canaanites. Right, right. Listening to uh, to our elders is definitely a part of uh, guidance and the way the Lord set up the church and, you know, desires it to function. So, yeah. yeah so, so when I think so, and you mentioned earlier that, you know, even though this is the way it should work, the body should work, that we should always be listening to, you know, the head of Christ and, and just kind of responding in that way. Why do we, why does it seem like the church kind of gets so hung up and sometimes doesn't move as well oiled as it should? Um, I, I think you have to trace it back ultimately to its core of what was the gospel that Jesus preached? Mm-hmm. Is it the same as today or I mean, he preached the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, which is all about guidance, which is how he lived his life. Like you, like you mentioned from John 8, I don't do anything on my own initiative, yeah. is what he, it says in the New American Standard. And he's, he's the pattern son for us. So I think, that, I think that that foundation is not being presented as clearly as it was in the beginning, if we think of the church age. You know, what were, what were the disciples initially called in the book of Acts. They weren't called Christians. They were initially called the people of the way mm-hmm. with a capital W. Mm-hmm. So I think that their understanding along the way over two millennia, that part of that message got lost. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus has spoken of his Savior about 25 times. It's, he's spoken in the New Testament as Lord 300 times. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get God's perspective on on the issue, that's the ratio that God thinks in. Mm-hmm. As, as opposed, if you think about today, how do most believers think of Jesus? Well, maybe 90% Savior, maybe 10% Lord. Maybe, mm-hmm. that's too, maybe that's too harsh or too critical, but in the scripture, it's 25, 300, you know? Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, I think you might be on a point here. And actually, I think you and me will do another podcast because it's something I will talk to you later after the show, something that's been that I've been thinking about. But it kind of goes on that, you know, even if we look at that, even if let's say what you're what you're theorizing is true, that, you know, people see Jesus as the savior, which is, you know, 90 percent, even though, you know, he's mentioned as Lord more times in the New Testament than than savior, you know, then how you know that might kind of relate to kind of how the body moves a bit because if you yeah. see Jesus I mean I mean not to and I don't want again I may sound too harsh maybe I might sound <laughs> the harshest at all about this but I think the 
you know, when we think about Jesus, we kind of go into that Depeche Mode thing where, you know, Jesus is a personal savior, my, you know, personal Jesus. And it's like, well, I have this Jesus, he's in my life. So that's basically it Mm. where that's not what, A, that's not what Jesus taught. And B, that's not what the apostles taught. The apostles Mm. taught about unity, being being a kingdom. I mean, when you think about being a kingdom, it's not a kingdom of one. It's a kingdom of unity. It's a kingdom of all believers. And mm-hmm. if we are, again, if we are called to go and make disciples, and we have to do what Jesus commanded us to do mm-hmm. uh, by being led by his spirit, by being led mm-hmm. to go and make disciples, to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to teach them everything that God has has commanded us. And I think that's kind of why guidance is, I think is very important because even if we go back to elders, deacons, evangelists, shepherds, pastors, whatever the prophets, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, if you have what a figure in that leadership position that may be proclaiming, you know, if you give your life over to Jesus or if you follow God, it's health, wealth, and blessings all the time, <laughs> then that may not be guidance in the same way. I think a lot of times what I see from a church perspective is that sometimes you can have people who are unified, who are passionate about whether it's doing missions or passionate about new ministry endeavors or passionate about doing something that kind of grow in their faith. And Mm -hmm. then you have others who kind of in a way say, well, I don't know. Or what about this? Or but and you know you get to the if, if and buts and I don't knows, mm-hmm. which in some ways I think Richard Foster talks about in his books Celebration Disciplines that sometimes, you know, the thing about guidance is sometimes depending on the guidance that sometimes the fire of the Holy Spirit can sometimes get doused, or you know <laughs> it can get covered up, it can burn out, it can get doused, and I think a mm-hmm. lot of times within corporate settings, when you are in a big body, when you are in a big unit, when you are trying to work together to achieve good, but you have mm-hmm. different philosophies or different political stances within church settings, mm-hmm. you can get to a point where where someone's fire can get doused. And I think so many times we see too many buckets instead mm-hmm. of too many fans to kind of help fan those flames of the Holy Spirit to burn hotter and brighter to really yeah. allow the me- the gospel message to spread out in one's community. Right, right. Yeah, I think I, I often refer to the Holy Spirit as the most neglected person on earth, you know. Mm. <laughs> if you True. think about how the gospel was presented by John, you know, that, you know, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the, that's the emphasis of the introduction of each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even in the Acts. The emphasis is on, you know, Jesus Christ and God is God is one. He's Father, Son, and Spirit. The Father and the Son are in heaven right now, but the person we have here today is the Holy Spirit, who is mm-hmm. God with us and God in us. And that's that's to be how we we operate, you know. And that's again, that's how we're going to get unity. And that, there needs to be a restoration of that. You know, he's he's got to be. You know, the sons of God are those who are being led by the Spirit of God, the Greek says there in, in yeah. Romans 8, 14. Yeah, you know? and, and 
Yeah, and I think kind of that big thing of being going with guidance, when we think about Jesus's ministry and Jesus' life in the Gospels, mm-hmm. I always make the case that really Jesus's ministry didn't really start until after his baptism. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we read about him, but really when we see him starting to go into villages, proclaim the gospel, before even before, and I even before he started preaching the Sermon on the Mount, we see his baptism and mm-hmm. we see him being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then from there, it was Christ being led by the Spirit of God doing those things. And I think that's, you know, and even though we can, you, we can say, even though we can believe that, you know, Jesus is God, but he humbled himself to be human and that mm-hmm. Jesus is, is divine being that mm-hmm. was also made flesh. But I also think that even within the Gospels, what has been modeled to us is that even Jesus submitted himself fully to being human, even mm-hmm. though he was divine, that mm-hmm. he too was being led by the Spirit. Oh, absolutely. And, his favorite title was not Son of God. It was Son of Man. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Jesus the man and his, his friend Lazarus. Jesus the man, what do you think he wanted to do? I think he wanted immediately to go to Lazarus as the man, but as submitted to the father, he didn't move a bone for three days mm-hmm. until Lazarus was dead. And then the father said, go. Yeah. So, and that's the pattern for us. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's kind of a, a big thing. And even when we look back at Romans, you know, that idea of, of humbling ourselves, especially those who are in authority. And I know we talk a little bit about government officials, but even just within church settings, you know, I think it goes back to the a hierarchy in some way where it's about God and let's submit ourselves to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And again, you know, for me, the Holy Spirit, like you said, is, you know, something that's not talked about, neglected. It's someone that's also misunderstood depending on different denominations, interpretation of the works of the Holy Spirit. True. Um, and then as people are being not only connecting with Christ in relationship, but also being led by the spirit, then there's a movement. And then of course, there's the, um, the idea of, you know, those who are in leadership within a church setting that if they too are within the spirit, then the direction that they are moving, that's the direction that we should go. And there's this uh, wonderful painting by, is a painting that I've always loved and endured. It was one that was in my room when I was a kid. It was called mm-hmm. Christ our pilot by a Warner Saltzman. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just, it was a picture of a boy on a ship in a midst of a storm. Mm-hmm. And you just see, and you can look on the face, the determination, maybe the fear, but then you kind of see almost like a transparent Jesus with like the hand on the boy's shoulder and a finger pointing. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's kind of how I see when it comes to guidance, you know, here's God or Jesus leading, you know, the captain of the ship. And mm-hmm. then here's the captain of the ship moving through the storm, trying to go through the storm, but mm-hmm. again, following the finger, the pointing finger of Christ or the leading of the spirit. That's I really think, it. you know, when it comes to guidance, if we want to see and I guess my kind of my thing is if every single person that calls themselves a believer, regardless of denomination, regardless of, if you live in America or if you live in Europe, that if we all are in unity with God and Jesus and spirit, then really, if we're thinking from that mindset, if we're thinking about the kingdom, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that way, that's what we need to move forward to. And I think, you know, and I, and even, and maybe I might get in trouble for saying this, so <laughs> let's just say it, you know, I think a lot of times, especially within American culture, we talk more about being a Christian nation than being a kingdom and being no, a Christian yeah. nation and a kingdom are two separate ideologies two separate things and my thing is i'm not here to try to preach christian nationalism i'm here to proclaim the kingdom of god amen amen you mentioned matthew 16 where where jesus said you know nobody can be my disciple unless he denies himself Mm -hmm. and the greek says soul takes up his cross and follows me so you know and you also mentioned the great commission at the end of matthew where he didn't say go forth and make christians he said, go forth and make disciples. And a disciple is somebody who is going to deny themselves. That's the first thing that Jesus said. And what is that to deny your soul? But it's to say no to what I want, what I think, and what I feel. And when I said that maybe that that, that gospel of the kingdom message that Jesus had has been changed and I, some of that message has been lost, that's really the getting on place is, is you, you know, Scott saying, not what I want, not what I think, what I feel, but what is, what's the Lord saying, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that, that, then do you have the faith that that can be restored? <laughs> you know, that, that part of the message. I mean, I mean, I think, I think yes. And I think it would happen in two ways. I think from a guidance perspective, if you have the people of God who are truly, submitting themselves to the Lord, submitting themselves to his word, and really, again, trying to be live out kingdom values. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that is one path. Mm-hmm. The other path would be the path of the prophets, where someone proclaims something, the people go, no, 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 we're not going to listen to you. And then it goes into exile, destruction, and death. Yeah. But I think even in death, there's always a resurrection. So even if we're killing, so even in death, that means that we're killing our Christian pride. Even like you said, you know, Jesus didn't call them make Christians. He called them make disciples. And like you said, disciples are someone who takes up their cross, who are humbled, who submit to the father, submit to the teacher. Uh, Mm -hmm. If we look at a student perspective, Mm -hmm. but then when I think about Christian, you know, Christian's kind of like I'm joining a fan club. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I mean, and that song may sound harsh, but being a Christian is, uh, you know, I licked my stamp, I put it on the letter, I put my money in, and now I'm part of the Jesus fan club. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the thing is, is, you know, I don't want to be, I mean, I guess I want to be a fan of Jesus, but I want to be a disciple because right. it's through the humility, it's through the cross bearing, it's through putting on the yoke of Christ that's what's going to drive me and that's really where i'm going to get power to do effective ministry because Mm -hmm. it's not based on my will it's not based on my talents it's not based on my strength or my power it is based on the word of god and the spirit coming through me and you have to have both of those things working where he says if you want to be my disciple you have to deny your soul take up your cross and follow me Mm -hmm. which is going to be now through the holy spirit also, he says of his disciples, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you have to have both the word and the power of God. 
that's what he rebuked the Pharisees for. He said, you know, neither the scriptures nor the power of God. So yeah. you, you have to have both. You got to have the word of God and the spirit of God. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, man, this has been, this has <laughs> been very fruitful. I've enjoyed this conversation on guidance. Hopefully all of you who are listening have really uh, got a lot out of this discussion between John Mark and I, uh, again, we guys, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've been enjoying this series that we've been doing. I definitely hope we've been enjoying all the different guests that we've had. We've had some great guests. Um, and again, you know, you can find me, you can find the Scott Stemmen podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you will find me. Uh, you can also find me on my website, thescottstemmen.com. And if you do a search for on my uh, YouTube page, which is Scott Stemmen Ministries, you can go ahead and find this uh, video podcast uh, on there as well. And again, thank you so much, John Mark. Thank you for joining me and having this conversation. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Yep. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have a great day and I'll be back with another episode soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.